With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at RepcoService.com. How are you, Sam? Look, I'm great, but then again, I don't have a son that just uh, was part of Melbourne's first premiership in 57 years. And if I did have a son that was involved in their first premiership in 57 years, it'd be news to me because as far as I'm aware, I don't have any kids. But you must be on top of the world. Uh, look, I've still got goosebumps, Sam. It, when I think about it, it's just, yeah, it's an amazing story. And um, anyway, not just Tom that won the grand final, the whole team won it, but obviously Tommy's part of it. And that's what we're talking about. And he's... Um, he was sort of speechless at the end, but the smile was just oh, the smile was just priceless. Take us inside the uh, the McDonald household on the farm there, uh, just out of Eden Hope. Uh, how was your night watching it? How were your nerves and the family's nerves? Yeah, well, I preoccupied myself mowing a bit of grass and doing a few jobs around the farm. So I thought the more I think about it, it'll just you know get nervous. And Kath went for a two-hour walk, and um, anyway, we got back got back and. Got her all on. We, I had my mum lay out and our daughter was home, Laura, with uh, wisdom teeth out and and Kath had her mum out. We, we were carrying, of course, and uh, she was on and, yeah, well, the rest is history, but, oh, hell, it was exciting going footy. How were you all able to maintain your nerves, especially 19 points down halfway through the third? What were you, How were you feeling at that moment? <laughs> well, I was talking to Neil Mitchell this morning. Anyway, and he asked the same question, and I thought, well, the first quarter there was we were just up and about, and the second quarter she was just dead silent. But then that third quarter, towards the end of it, well, you asked about the 19 points, it was still a bit scary. But then they just opened up, and it was just on. How, how many times would you see a game, especially a grand final, be decided by that large margin in that shorter period of time? No, never. That's what was so incredible about it, Paul, and. Um, that's why it's going to go down in history as one of the more phenomenal uh, grand final performances. Um, I was saying earlier that I, I haven't seen a team play that comprehensively for a period of time since Hawthorne put those four quarters together in 2014. But this was something different because Hawthorne were never challenged at all in that game. The Demons were, weren't they? And, and, and the way that they responded was something that will live on uh, through football history. And for you guys... It's a simple question, but it's an but it's an important one. Just how proud are you? Oh, just just ecstatic. Um, and my words to Kath this morning were: uh, we had had a big day yesterday, obviously celebrating. And <laughs> I just said, I just said to Kath, of all the times I've watched the grand final, our son played in it, and they actually won won the game. And you know. You'd never dream of him playing it. He, he never dreamed of, well, he would have dreamt of it, but he never thought he would. And all of a sudden, he's won this game, or they've won the game. And no, it's, a, it's, a, it's an excitement, all right. When did you get to speak to Tom, Paul? Uh, probably as soon as they got their phones back and look, I'm only guessing, but it'd be approximately 45 minutes after the game we did post on. And how was that? 
unbelievable. Like I said, the smile, it was just priceless. Yeah, you just see the genuine, that genuine smile in his eyes, and yeah, it was lovely. A few tears shed, I'd imagine. No, not so much tears. Just, um, just excitement yep. and uh, just excitement and relief. I'd say um, relief that it's all over, and finally Melbourne got their fifty-seven year, you know, drought breaker. Well, from a personal point of view, and and it is an incredible story, and. I asked last week in the lead up to the grand final, we were making our predictions about who would be the the, the great feel good stories, depending on which team won. And there were a few people that threw up Tom's name on our text machine, and people that called in Paul. And, yeah. and to, to to think about where he was at this time last year to where he is now, can you? Does yeah. your mind go back to twelve months ago when he's had to sit down with Simon Goodwin to be told that there's a potential for him to be traded? Him and his management thinking, well, we might have to have a look around and see what else is on offer. And by his words, nobody wanted him, so he had to go back and fight for his spot all over again. What What are your memories of of that period twelve months ago? Oh yeah, yeah. It was um, when I think back on it. I think the words were told to him to explore other options, and yeah. um, that's. That really, really struck him hard. And he called in home, him and Ruby and uh, Bella at the time, called in home on the way home from the hub and spent a bit of time here. I could tell he was <laughs> he was on a mission because we went into the Eden Hope footy ground and he was doing this training. That was after the hub. And you could see that he had a mindset. And that that's just Tom. His dedication is second to none. Oh, but, oh, oh. Um, it's a great yeah, lesson sorry. to young kids, isn't it, Paul? Sorry to to jump in there. We've heard about the diet and everything like that, but that's a fascinating insight that you've that from the moment the season finished, he was back training harder than he ever had before. Yeah, so man, or Mike, my brother-in-law, and and uh, Tommy went into the overwear, and we were throwing the balls at him, and he was doing the dodging and weaving and the sprints and all that, and. Uh, yeah, it was. That's that's right, and it is a good lesson to young kids because, you know, you can be the best footballer in the world, but if you haven't got that dedication and work ethic, you won't go anywhere. What what kind of kid was he growing up, Paul? We're speaking to Paul McDonald, the father of Tom McDonald. Um, was he always footy obsessed and footy mad, or or tell us about what he was like as a youngster? Tom was always a really good kid. He he, he was a bit of a naughty kid at school, but same as most boys. But uh, he loved sport, and he loved he loved sport, and he loved people. And I just said to Kath as well that um, we promoted tennis, footy, whatever they wanted to do, basketball, and it was my priority to do that for social, um, sort of like a social tool for the kids. And I reckon it's actually helped them a lot uh, dealing with um, pressures of uh, of sport at the at, you know when they got to the higher levels. We shouldn't be surprised, should we, Paul? That that he was he, he's happy to do the hard yards because it wasn't when, when he first sort of became noticed and 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 good at the game. He had to sort of do a bit extra than most just to be able to get the games. From what uh, from what I'm led to believe. Yeah, well, he went to St Pat's. Uh, that was after Pardo. He Pardo looked after the uh, North Ballarat Rebels there, and on his second year, Pardo just said, "Look, you've got to get him down to, down to." Um, St. Pat's there, or getting to a school there, so he lined up St. Pat's, and because he was doing 800k on a Thursday night, he was doing that 800k round trip, which is just huge. And for a kid to leave Eden over about one o'clock and get home at 12 o'clock at night in bed, then he went to the St. Pat's there, 
and the bloke by the name of Howard Clark, who looked after the coaching um, responsibilities at St. Pat's, took him under his wing in a way, and uh, I've been talking to Howard ever since, and we're great mates, the same as Phil Parmington. And, um, but Howard actually made... Tom was a little bit, at that level, Tom was a little bit inconfident, um, and Howard was one of the ones that actually got Tom to believe in himself. And obviously it's made a massive difference, and even, you know, he played most of his uh, career as a defender before being put up forward, and it had that great year, 53 goals in 2018, and then since then it's been a lot tougher, and getting that getting that contract extension for two years um, before yeah. we get back to the grand final, that must have really warmed your heart when, when you know, to go from, geez, I, don't even, I might not even have a place to play to now <laughs> yeah, I've got another two right. years. That, you, you, yeah. You've seen it firsthand, the work that went into that. In regards to his contract extension? Yeah. Yeah, that, so he rang me, uh, it was done, Alex McDonald's his um, manager and he rang, it would have been about just as they were organising, and I said, oh, that's the best news I've heard for a long time, Tom. I was worried about that. And he said, yeah, it's good to get down the road, and let's hope that he plays in a prosperous team for, for as long as that contract holds out. Um, yeah, so it, it's great news. Paul, who's been, who's had the biggest impact on him at the club from the, from the coaching staff? Who does, he, who does he turn to? Who does he credit with? I know that in a recent article I read where he said he had some really frank and honest chats with Simon Goodwin at the end of last year and then through this year. Who, who do you know to be the person that has really um, done right by him at the footy club? I couldn't personally answer that question because he's not a person to talk about that stuff. He'll yep. just say that... Well, it's pretty obvious from the outskirts uh, that the last 12 months, him and Simon Goodwin have made a, um, whether you call it a pact or a partnership, but yep. they've obviously shared something and uh, it's worked. And I actually texted Simon Goodwin uh, before the game and said, great partnership, and he, he agreed. And it was, um, oh, it's just, <laughs> it's a really special, special thing. So I, I, I just couldn't say one coach in particular. Yeah. Um, I know that Howard Clark, he's not involved in the Melbourne Football Club, even though he was drafted, but Tom still talks to him regularly uh, about lots of things. In those moments, Paul, the, the, those two goals, I mean, as a, as a father, and, and he said your wife, <laughs> Kath, was there, and his two grandmas and his sister, you, you, your son's kicking a goal on grand final day, including the one to finish it off on the siren. What, what's, what's that feel like? I have played, because it's on Facebook everywhere, the last goal especially, and he got his first one. Yep. And uh, then he's lining up, and the siren blows. All the boys are jumping on each other, and he puts it through, and then they're all jumping on him. It, well, like I said, I've played it. It would have to be 50 or 60 times, Sam. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's good. <laughs> and we, we one of the things that's really stood out is how humble the Ds have and they've all been in victory, um, and also, too, how close-knit the team are. What does Tom tell you about the group itself? What does he, you know, what insights has he been able to give you into, you know, just how close they are um, and the the atmosphere and culture at the club? No, well, the culture has obviously been changed, but once again, he doesn't talk about that much. Uh, it's it's sort of like a separate family that that club. Yep. As in, not just that club, but the Melbourne Footy Club now with their culture change and obviously, you know, they want to change the off-field stuff to change the on-field stuff. That's obvious too, the way Gorney talks about the selflessness. And um, 
But I, I can't answer that either in regards to what Thomas said because he just doesn't say anything like that. Now, as a as a farmer, and I, and I'm fairly sure you run sheep uh, and and maybe some other stuff as well. How ironic do you find it that he's uh, that his partner in crime, Key Ford style, up inside Ford Fifty, is a vegan, uh, and your boy's on the all meat <laughs> diet? That's given a lot of people some laughs for you. But as a farmer who 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 runs livestock, uh, how have you found that? How have you found that friendship? Well, I'm not so. I, I haven't actually met Brent. I've just smiled at him once walking past and probably more due to COVID because you can't get to the games yep. but uh, yeah it is it is an ironic one and um, Tommy and him have a few jokes together I think I did laugh after the game Paul when, when uh, he was being interviewed by I think Channel 7 and they, and he said should everyone get on and that was asked should everyone get on the meat diet and he said well I think he goes well Brownie kicked three so maybe we've all got to turn <laughs> vegan now <laughs> Yeah, he's um yeah, that's right. And that is a funny part. Like it's whatever whatever works for that person really, isn't it? Um you know, if you want to eat mate, you eat mate, and if you want to eat veggies, so long as you're doing the job. Have you been getting any insight into how the celebrations are going, Paul? I've got a few photos and a few videos and I think they went to the Cobbleslow pub there uh yesterday. And uh just by his when I rang him this morning, I would have been about ten o'clock over there and he was pretty croaky, so I just presumed the boys party pretty hard. Um, oh, it's just fantastic. We're, we're wrapped for you and the family. And um, before we let you go, I know there's some Blues fans that will want me to ask how Oscar's tracking. Yeah, Oscar's going really well. It looks like he'll uh, spend another year at Carlton. And uh, obviously Michael Voss is coaching there, but he had a lower back injury, and that's coming along really well. He's had a scan the other day, and it's um, doing the right thing. So fingers crossed he's playing footy again next year. Well, you must be so proud of both the boys, Paul, and thanks so much for giving us an insight into how Saturday night was for you uh, and the family. Congratulations. Uh, can hear the pride in your voice, which is a wonderful <laughs> thing, uh, and thanks for sharing it with us. Anytime, Sam. Thank you. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.